Welcome to Clearheaded, the podcast that drops in on people's moments of clarity. I'm so happy that you're here. It's very LA of me, but I like to start every episode with a deep breath in. So if you're in your car, on your way to work, brushing your teeth, or getting ready for bed, let's breathe in and breathe out. Okay, let's get clear-headed. The truth. What if you were told your entire life that there was only one truth and that you were one of the few people on the planet living it? That's what my guest Alex Angus grew up believing until quite recently. The title of this episode, Leaving Mormonism, is a dead giveaway for her story. She decided to leave the Mormon church, and we discussed the journey of exiting. It wasn't a single moment for Alex, more like a bunch of huge realizations over many years. And it all started with noticing the rule about something we all love, caffeine. So that is actually something kind of funny, like in Mormon culture, you you can't drink coffee. And it's technically not about the caffeine. What is it about? Well, so it is, I th- I always thought it was about the caffeine. That makes the most sense because it's addictive and they don't really want you to have anything that's addictive. Okay. But instead of drinking coffee, they will just pound like bang energies and Red Bulls and like soda. Like soda is huge in the Mormon community. So it's not, yeah. So, okay. So it's not about the caffeine. It's just about, it was labeled coffee. Yeah, well, I, again, they say it's not about the caffeine, but I really think it's, this is a whole other conversation, but I think it's because the church is invested in, like, Coca-Cola. So if they say it's caffeine and Pepsi and, like, things like that, so if they say it's caffeine, then no one's going to drink soda. Because technically in the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith made that rule, but it was just coffee and tea, which is the drinks that had caffeine back then. So it would make Uh sense that it's caffeinated drinks. But it would, from what I understand, lose the church a lot of money if no one was drinking soda. And I mean, it's an insane industry. Like if you drive around Utah, it's not coffee shops, it's soda shops. That's not a joke. And people get these like huge drinks that like they mix these different flavors. And it's like a thing. And people are like, I have to start my morning with a Diet Coke. (laughs) And But it's like all okay. Or like they'll drink like bangs in the morning right instead and i that was kind of one of my first like hmm why can't we drink coffee but like we can destroy our bodies with bang energy right no nothing against anyone who drinks that stuff i'm just like for me i was just like it's <laughs> you're so sitting gross. across from one person <laughs> I, was, like, I, I just the taste. Have a bang. i totally get it i totally get it so um, did you ask hey i'm seeing some discrepancy in this no so i guess that is that's kind of a good place to start because you're really from the beginning you're kind of taught not to question anything so i didn't it's almost frowned upon to question you're supposed to have faith you know and you can you can you're encouraged to question but you'll always be met with an answer the places that you need to find the answers though are always within the church you're not supposed to and you're highly discouraged from looking at any other literature that's not produced by the church about the church so everything you're going to hear Anything you doubt will be validated because you're only hearing it from the people 
at the top and the people who truly believe. So from the beginning, I, you know, a lot of the times if I would ask a question, for example, the caffeine thing, like, why can't we drink coffee? Why can't we drink tea? I was met with, well, we don't necessarily know, but God asks people to do hard things. And this is like a very simple thing that we can do to like show God that we can obey. That's what you're told. And it's kind of, how do you question? It's like, yeah, there's no way to question that. There's, no, there's no follow up. Yeah. Right. And there's no, oh, it's like, oh, okay. So I can't do these things. And I'm just going to trust that like God knows best. And that's that. And that's how it is with everything. There is, it's like a lot of other religions from my understanding in that the rules are pretty much, yeah, no sex before marriage is a big one. No alcohol, no drugs of any kind, no smoking, no caffeine, or well, it's not no caffeine, it's no coffee or tea, which is kind of the odd one. Right. And growing up, these were all things that I saw other people doing. And they were things that I kind of wanted to do because we're human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I thought you grow up in a in a religion and in a church and especially this church where everybody around you is seemingly following all the rules and that's what you're told is like everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing you don't see any flaws in people people aren't open about their mistakes a lot of the times mm-hmm. um so i grew up thinking i want to do these things but it's not normal me wanting to sin mm-hmm. and i put that in quotations marks because it's not sinning right. but like to me it was sinning right. those things like i want to do those things but it's not really normal that i want to i should be just wanting to be good Right. And that was how I was, grew up. So I would see all this other stuff and I would feel jealous, but was like, it's okay. I That's not for me. I don't right. do that. You know, in a, in a sense, I think it, it like feeds this culture of almost like an I'm better because I'm like right. abstaining from all these things mm-hmm. and they're other. And it, it like really separates you from everybody else in the world, which is kind of hard. And I, I felt that. I think what it be, what began the whole process for me was I'd always wanted more. So just to kind of give you an idea, so for a woman, I was kind of taught growing up that my life would go a certain way because you have limited choices and within that you're not exposed to as much and you're not allowed to do as much and so there's like a way your life is going to go. And that's always what I thought. I was like, I will, you know, grow up, do all the things in the church I'm supposed to do, go to seminary, which is church every morning at 6 a.m. when you're in high school. Wow. Yeah, from like 14 to 18 seven days a week not seven um it's like just during the school week so five days a week okay 6 a.m for an hour and then you have church on sunday for three hours you're just like my life was church but i didn't think my life was church i just thought that was normal right right anyone else that's like oh my god that's like your entire (laughs) because you were (laughs) born into this schedule kind of yeah exactly this is just kind of how it was going to be everybody in my extended family had done this was doing this so it was just my life. It was normal. It's what I thought was normal. I think everybody grows up and they're like, they think their family life was normal. Of course. If yeah, you watch like, football every Sunday, that's what everybody else does. Exactly. When you're a child, you think, okay, I'm there's family dinner. Everybody has family dinner. So right. totally get that. Absolutely. Yes. Your normal is how you grew up and you don't know anything else until you kind of branch out and are like, oh, yes. all these people had different growing up lives. And yes. That is, you know, a very specific way to grow up. So that was, I was very into it. I mean, I did everything I was supposed to do. I am a rule follower. Like from day one, the rules felt like comfort. Although there were things I wanted to do. I was in high school. I wanted to drink. I wanted to smoke weed. I wanted to go to parties. But I just kind of, I was one of very few Mormons in my school. There was maybe like two others around my same age. And it's easier. I felt like it was easier for me to say no because 
nobody else who's Mormon was doing those. It was all other. And so it was it was like, well, I'm Mormon. It was like my defining thing. Right, right. And although I think sometimes it made me feel a little uncomfortable because it's like I was the religious girl and I, you know, I had an understanding from like normal high school high school perspective that wasn't necessarily like cool. I was okay with that. That was my definer. I was the Mormon girl. It like was interesting to people. Not a lot of people knew what that meant or what it was. And I I found comfort in that. So I followed all the rules. I was very strict with myself and, you know, it bled into other things. I was very worried about like getting good grades. That was just kind of how I grew up. I was wanted to follow the rules, wanted to be good, wanted to get into a good college. So my my life trajectory was kind of, and this is how it is for most Mormon women, is I wanted to go to BYU, which is a all-Mormon college, marry a guy who'd gone on a mission, which is the two-year service thing that a lot of people do. Most men are required to do it. And raise my kids Mormon. As I got older, I craved to like have my own job, to do my own work. I loved, I realized I kind of loved that. I loved earning money. I had like a small job in high school. I, that was something that like really appealed to me. The idea of having kids just did not appeal to me for a lot of reasons. And that was just very personal. It was always this thing, well, I, that's not, I don't really have a choice. I'm gonna have to have kids. I'm gonna have to do the whole thing. And even BYU, I there was part of me that wanted to apply to other places, to go to other places. And it just, as I grew older, I kind of, grew farther away from wanting to do that and wanting that to be my life but in my head it's not like I didn't feel like I had a choice almost like Mm -hmm. it was like that's just how it's gonna be yeah and find a way to make it work for you kind of thing within this structure so I I applied to BYU I applied to maybe one other school I got in and part of the reason I went and this is no shade to my parents but they were very much like we will only pay for BYU yeah you can have this free education or you can find a way to pay for your any other college and I was like okay come on like yeah I'm gonna take the free education of course of course yeah so I I go um and it's funny because BYU is what pushed me out I think of the church interesting yes and I this is I didn't have a moment it wasn't one moment it was over a long period of time because leaving never seemed like an option to me that was never like a choice I wanted to make it was just it was something far away that I would never do I was just gonna kind of play around with the rules that was my idea I didn't really want to follow the rules when I was at BYU because I got to a realization when I got there that all these other peers of mine from all over the country who were Mormon or identified as Mormon or grew up Mormon had like had sex in high school and drank and you know did all this stuff never really talked about it but we talked about it there and they're like yeah they came to BYU and they're kind of like I'm trying to like shape up so I can go on a mission but I did all this shit in high school and I was kind of like why didn't I like mess around in high school more and then repent now which is a really messed up way to think about it but well it was the first time from what I'm hearing of you say I'm seeing examples of these rules being broken and and that happens and so it can be a possibility for me to do that too right and I was like these aren't bad people these are other Mormons in high school no one around me was Mormon who was drinking right and so I was like well you know there was no we couldn't relate in the same way because I was like well you're not you don't believe the same things I do so of course you can drink and it's okay right I'm different here everybody's technically the same as me. Right. That is no longer my defining quality, being the Mormon girl. And so I think my first experience with drinking, I was 20, and I started dating this guy that I was infatuated with. And he drank, and he smoked, and I was just like, you know what? (laughs) I want to get drunk at a party with you, you know? Yeah. 
So I started to kind of drink and it was it it's so interesting at BYU. Most of the parties are sober. Okay. But there's a lot of drinking, low key drinking. Before the party? Before the party. Pre-game the sober party. Pre-game the sober party. <laughs> and I would do that. I would hide it from a lot of my friends because okay. a lot of my friends, I you know, it's kind of this thing where you're not sure who's doing what <sighs> and you don't so you don't and there's you could get kicked out of school for breaking rules. You oh sign an gosh. honor code when you go. So you can't break any of the Mormon rules. So you don't know who to trust. So it's kind of oh. like I'm in high school all over again and I'm not legally allowed to drink and I have to hide it from my parents. But it's like from other people around me. Wow. So it's all kind of on the down low, but everyone's kind of doing it. Really anxiety inducing. Yeah, well, I didn't think so. <laughs> I mean, I had fun. But yes, it is anxiety inducing. I never really thought I would feel guilt about it, but... There were times when I did. So what ended up happening was I would drink, I would do whatever I wanted, and then I would go in and repent. Okay. And what does that process look like? This was another big – I it's something I dismissed at the time. I didn't let myself think about it, but it's it really took a huge toll on me. So the drinking and drugs, whatever, not really – hard to confess to it was anything sexual i did the process basically goes like this you're in a church and there is a bishopric they're in charge of the ward just really quick so you have the prophet he's in charge of the entire church okay and then you have his 12 apostles and they're very well known to all mormons they're the big heads in charge of the entire church within each country and within each state you have wards so you could have you know two wards in a city three wards in a city depending on how many mormons are there okay. and the wards are run by a bishop okay and they're like in charge of the ward and then they have a little thing so it kind of trickles down and then you go to the church service of your ward is what they're called but they're just okay. basically a group right so it's, it's smaller sections of right. people who identify with a religion right based on where you live great so in byu there's a lot of student wards because pretty much everyone's mormon and you're required to go to church to attend the school got it so my bishop was an just really quick they're always men okay they are always older they're always like 50s and above usually okay so i had to confess to my bishop of my word now when you confess to drinking and alcohol you just say you know i drank this night i had this much you have to go into detail with everything when it comes to sex you have to do the same thing so you go into a man in his like you know this 55 to 70 year old man by yourself and you have to say in detail what you did sexually. I did that every time I did anything sexual because I there was a lot of guilt attached to everything. Right. And in the moment, I was like, I didn't feel guilty about anything. But then I would be like, but I have to confess in order to like be a good church-going person. So I will confess. I mean, that in itself just kind of messed me up. because, yeah. And that – it was kind of – part of I think a wake-up call I it was very much like I would go into those and I don't I kind of blacked out because I was just yeah. like okay I have to tell him <laughs> in detail exactly what I did but that is how it is for any member of the church if you are a woman and you have sex with anybody or do anything sexual you're going in and you're saying exactly how if you know every detail of the sexual experience and to this older man do they ask questions yes they ask questions so it's kind of like an interrogation it's an interrogation it's very invasive and it's like quite gross yeah. it's gross because you know looking back i'm like you know you you trust these people or you want to trust these people but you don't know 
you know, they could be absolutely getting off on that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. If they're he- and they're hearing that, like, in college, in a college setting, they're probably hearing that kind of stuff all the time. Right. That's yeah. something that's an intimate moment. And you're, the intimacy is forced out of it. It's yeah. squeezed dry. Right. When you're going in and getting interrogated and sharing details, it's no longer just yours. And that's got to be awful to experience every single time and right like to your point maybe you don't know it in the moment because you think that's normal right but you look back on it and that seems like that's a lot of reflecting to do right and well like every girl around me was doing the same thing so it is normal you don't think about it it's normal that was not necessarily something I was conscious of in the moment but it what happened was sex and anything sexual is now attached to a lot of shame and guilt right when I was able to reflect back on those moments I was like oh that is so like (laughs) fucked up so that was like another moment for you of going okay I don't like the way this makes me feel I want to start separating from this religion Yes, BYU kind of kickstarted my want breaking the rules. And I think that was the first step for me. I was just kind of breaking rules. I wanted to be a normal college, you know, aged adult and do what I wanted to do. I was still practicing the religion. I was still con- called myself Mormon. I was still doing all the things. I was still going to church. And um, I still believed. And I was like, this is just me having fun now and then I'll get my life together or whatever. The more I did things, the more I was like, I don't get why I have to like completely give up all these things I like. I want to party. I want to have fun. I like it. Why do I have to build a life that doesn't include those sometimes? So it kind of began like that. I was doing the things I wanted to do. I was repenting for them. And then I kind of just, and I, I a lot of the times I would be like, okay, this is my last time. Like This is the last time I'm going to go out and like drink and have a great time and then I'm gonna repent and never do it again and it, yeah. just, it was like this cycle meanwhile I was in at BYU if you go you have to take religious classes so okay. you're required to take religious classes and I was learning a lot about church history things that you're never taught and that's kind of crazy because I'd been in church and going to church since right. I was four six a.m. six a.m. five, days a, five week, days a week for three like, hours a day on Saturday oh um, yeah exactly so well Sunday but Sunday so sorry <laughs> so all these things I was like why have I never heard about that and it's because they're these things that are kind of like the church tries to maybe hide a little bit more because right. they're a little bit shady so mm-hmm. you know I think everybody's heard about Joseph Smith the plural marriages having multiple wives a lot of people associate Joseph Smith and Brigham Young the early early leaders of the church with that there's a lot of little details about marriages that are never talked about and they kind of touch on these things at BYU and they do it in a controlled environment so that they can kind of be like well yes this happened so if you hear about this yes this happened but here's why you know it's like why it happened can they you give me an it. example um something I'd never heard so Joseph Smith had multiple wives when I was taught about the multiple wives, they never really went into it in church growing up It was just like it happened and we don't do it anymore. Okay. And it was okay because there was a lot of women. There was way more women than men and they all wanted to be a part of the church. And it was all about they do temple sealings. So when you're married, you get sealed in the temple. And basically that means you're sealed for eternity. So for forever, you will be with that person. And then your family, any children you have are all attached to that. So like in heaven, we're all going to be kind of connected into a family. I mean, that's kind of a... I think that's a more beautiful part about yeah. it. In my understanding, Joseph Smith sealed himself to a bunch of women, 
didn't actually do anything with them. It wasn't okay. like anything weird. Okay. You know, it, it was wasn't just like sexual. Wasn't sexual. In my it, what you were talking. Right. Got it. Okay. They were all just sealed to him because everybody wanted to be we all wanted to be connected. They want everybody wanted to be part of the religion, you know. And he was sealed to much older women and he was sealed to much younger women. Okay. Like 14-year-olds. Wow. There was one 14-year-old that I know of. And again, this is something I probably should brush up on. But there was children. There was children with all these people. It was not just for the sealing purpose. And I that was not something I was aware of. So you learned of the offspring that he had with these women. I just in... realized there was, se- there was right. sex, sex involved. behind it. And right. I didn't, I just, and maybe it was like, of, of course there's going to be sex involved. There, these people are marrying multiple women. Of course there's going to be sex. I just, no. I think in my brain, I was just like, no, think... that can't be because these are righteous prophets and they wouldn't right. take advantage like that. Absolutely. And so there was just kind of little things like that that I was like, okay. But the problem is with, questioning and that feeling is and this is kind of we can kind of transition here you're taught that if you are following all the rules and you are being good and you are living the life you are supposed to live in accordance with the church that you will have the spirit with you and the spirit will always help guide you tell you what to do I prayed about like most big decisions in my life and Mm -hmm. the spirit told me what move to make what what to do yeah and that is lost when you leave the church you are kind of taught like that you don't have the gift of the spirit anymore if you choose to leave so that there's like very scary things and there's also just like you know there's not really technically a hell in the religion but you're just kind of taught this is the truth and this is this is how you're going to be the happiest god knows what makes us happy and he wants everyone to be happy don't you just want to be happy yeah and so you're kind of taught like if i leave i'm not going to understand that i'm not happy right as weird as that sounds so there was never again there was never a question of me leaving there was just these slow things building up i think another big one that i will never forget is i was in a class and a professor was talking about women bearing children. Again, this is at college. Right. <laughs> He's talking about the importance of bearing children. And at that point in my life, I was not interested in having kids. Yeah. Didn't, it wasn't something I was open about because I kind of had shame behind it. Right. But he was like, it's really important if you can have children to have as many children as possible. And I was just like, oh, that sounds horrible. That's not for me. And I remember going up to him after and I asked him, what if you just don't really want to have kids and he kind of didn't understand he was like so like you can't have children he's like then it's okay to like adopt and you know do all these things and I was like what if you just don't want to have a baby what if I wanted to adopt or just I just don't want to have one right. I just, I don't want to put my body through that and he's like yeah that's you know then that's extremely selfish and it's extremely wrong and that's not not okay and that's not what we believe and I remember walking out of that class being like first of all you don't know me yeah. but also feeling a little guilty like well fine, then I guess I'm screwed. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's not what I want. Yeah. And it made me kind of angry. I was just like, well, he just doesn't understand. He's one person. But I mean, that's taught a lot. And so that was kind of one of those things. It was really when I moved away from BYU, away from all my friends, started to, you know, just kind of live my own life. I was first in New York and then I moved here to LA. And it was during that time, I was going to church way less that I started to really question everything. I was having friends leave the church. I had a very close family member of mine had left and he, we talked a lot about it. There was just, I really, as a woman, it just, 
felt really wrong and weird that I felt like I couldn't really have the life I wanted that I would never be able to hold the same power that a man could hold in the church that I would have to be beholden almost to a man yeah and you know be a wife and like be a supporter right that just was not something I wanted and then there was all the things of like there's no diversity at the top in in the church the they're all white they're all old men there's just it didn't feel right it didn't feel good but I kept defining myself as Mormon and I was just like I'm just not gonna practice or believe or really do any of the things but I'm still Mormon like there was still that attachment because I still wanted that spirit that like force that told me I was right and it was like I was in this weird in between because I didn't want to let go to everything I knew right and I didn't want to you, know, you didn't want to hold on to a lot of the things that... I didn't agree with half right. of it. A lot that had bothered me, even since high school, was, you know, the fact that you cannot be gay in the church. There's no room for Same a gay person. Couples. Yeah, there's yeah. no room for that. And it's just, I could not get behind that. There yeah. was just, there was so many things I couldn't get behind, but I was not willing to let go. And I was like, but I still believe. I still believe in the Book of Mormon. I still believe in this. Because it's a religion that is very much all or nothing. You're right. either completely in or you're completely out. I was in this weird in-between and I couldn't let go and I couldn't fully be in. I just don't agree with so much of it. My parents at that time were slowly going through a divorce and the way that my mother was treated because she wanted the divorce the way my mother was treated by the church was shocking horrifying and she was telling me these things the things that you know they were asking her to do asking her to confess basically my parents were in the process of a divorce for like seven years it was really drawn out that's long and my mom you know there was a lot of reasons for the divorce it's always both people it's not just one person's fault my mom was blamed for a lot of it and um within when she would meet with church they were saying they were getting answers from god that she shouldn't get divorced and she was Mm -hmm. like why is someone else why is a man telling me that has nothing to do with my marriage has no idea the details of my marriage telling me that god is telling him Uh that i shouldn't get a divorce when god is telling me it's okay yeah god has a direct line to me yeah i'm good (laughs) i'm good you don't need to play telephone with me i got it yeah (laughs) it kind of started there and then what happened was she in the process of the divorce and they were my parents were separated at this point started dating somebody else and she was going to have to confess in front of an entire panel of men anything she had done with that man in order to like stay and do certain things in the church that she wanted to do and she decided to give that up when she told me this I was already on this in this weird place and when she told me that I was just like that is I don't understand how anyone thinks that that's okay how a church run by God thinks that something like that is okay it's so twisted and wrong and like judgmental and my mother is a good person and the fact that they people she knows people she's known for years are gonna sit on a panel and judge her for like things she's done with someone she loves yeah is horrifying so that was kind of my one of my last breaking points and then I think it was like a year ago where I just I kind of realized there was so much pain attached to all of it and I realized if I continue to define myself as Mormon it's not gonna help me release it's not gonna help me feel and like process the emotions of letting go, of doing something different, of doing my own thing and living my own life. And so I was just like, just stop defining yourself and see how that feels. Stop saying you're Mormon, you're not. 
you're not following any of the rules. You don't believe in it anymore. You this is it's it was something I was still defining as because it, it was like an attachment thing. It was yeah. like something it was like the last thing. I was I was like, yeah, I do all this stuff, but I'm still a Mormon, you know. It was right. like it meant nothing. Right. And so I stopped and I just started saying when people asked, I was raised Mormon. And it sparked a lot of conversations and I enjoy talking about it because religion is so hard because it's just not for everybody. Yeah. It's just not and that's okay. Yeah. And it needs to be framed as okay. Yeah. I In the Mormon culture, it's kind of like, oh, like you're, you're lost, I guess. You're, you know, you, you're not going to truly ever be happy. Like I respect your decision, but uh-huh. You know, you're you're kind of ostracized. Right. Um, and I saw that a lot and maybe that was something else I was afraid of. Mm. And I I truly, I think that some people really thrive in that religion and they, you know, they want the life that that religion provides. They want the comfort of the rules. They want the comfort of knowing the direction their life is going to take and they want that. They want the things that the religion provides. And that is great and that is beautiful and, you know, if you're being kind and loving to everybody else around you, then it works. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I don't think there's one truth out there for everybody. I just, I think that's ridiculous. I've seen horrible people that I know that are Mormon and then such kind, loving people who are a different religion or not religious. How can we say that, like, this person who's doing these really horrible things but is, like, technically following all the Mormon rules mm-hmm is going to go to heaven, the mm-hmm. highest level of heaven, but, like, this person is – this other person isn't. Right. You know, it It just it, – it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't know. I've had a lot of friends question, too. It's just our generation, we're moving forward, and the church seems to be so stuck in this, in this past way of living. But I think just for me, it, it was important to just start the letting go process. And I am nowhere near – done there's still a lot of work because there's of a course. lot of shame and guilt attached to a lot of things that I do still that I have to just be like it's you don't have to feel guilty it's yeah. okay I can be a very indecisive person because I think you know there's a part of me that's like this other this spirit was helping guide me right. and really I can find that within myself yeah and it can be within myself and I can understand what I'm supposed to do I can have intuition yeah without it being attached to a religion yeah that's where we're at now and that's kind of been it's been a slow bleed I like to call it but yeah so what are you doing now to like strengthen your confidence outside of the religion are you in therapy do you have friends that have also left the church or the religion how do you cope yes I am in therapy and I do I love talking with people who are in my same position because it is a very it's a very unique position Mm -hmm. right now I'm trying to find what I do believe like what are my core beliefs what do I want to believe in what kind of spiritual relationship do I want to have with myself with other what do I believe yeah because I was just I believed something for so long and I think I can take parts of that there's part of parts of it that are beautiful as far as like believing in God like the very basic parts of the religion yeah and so it's kind of just figuring out what that's going to be now that's a good journey to be on and it's really fun that you are in this chapter of independence within your beliefs and yourselves and you're building these pillars of morals and what 
directs you in life and you get to be the judge of that not some old man who (laughs) you gotta tell details to it's just you yeah and building a relationship with yourself is so beautiful and good and I'm so thrilled that you were willing to share all of this with me so thank you yeah I'm it's something I'm really open about because I think a lot of people aren't or they're not open about maybe the way they feel or they feel stuck in this religion and I'm not judging anybody if that's what you want to do I just and that's the life you want to live but just know like it's completely normal to question to not feel comfortable with some of the things that you're doing or you're told are normal and it's totally okay and it doesn't have to be for you it's not everybody's truth and finding your own intuition finding your own like okay I can be my own guide it's not this other force that I have to be obedient to and like be doing all the right things to like have a good life because it's just not true yeah you know you can build your own amazing life and be a good person without being one specific religion yeah what a good journey well thank you again for sharing yeah I'm gonna think of a billion more questions and have you back on Absolutely. I'm I could literally talk forever about this. I feel like I was kind of like all over the place. No, I love it. Cuz I'm like there's so much. No. <laughs> I have so much to say about. Oh good. <laughs> I love all of it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. What was your takeaway from this episode? Leave it in the reviews and please make sure to follow us on both Apple Podcasts, Instagram, and subscribe on Spotify. Please remember, if you have a moment of clarity in your life, connect with us on the DMs and maybe we can have a conversation about it. Talk to you next week.